often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 414. I am your host, Josh Albrecht, sitting all by my lonesome right here in the old Slapbox bunker. Getting hot because it's all warm up inside here. Can't turn the fan off because it screws with the audio, so I'm just going to have to sweat. Got to sweat it out. I'm going to have to glisten with sweat by the end of this thing. But I'll suffer through, and I'll enjoy every last minute of it. Every last minute. Mm, yes. Just got done uh, helping uh, Shelley uh, move some of his stuff over to uh, his new place on the south side. As, uh, I guess that's technically Shrewsbury. I'm not sure where that's at. It's near the uh, Shrewsbury exit there uh, uh, for the... Metrolink station. They're uh, the first stop uh, this direction of the metro that you can get on. Which is a horrible reminder that I I can't really go out and do much because I like to use the Metrolink whenever I go to, like, say, a concert or see the blues play or something. You know, anytime I go into the city or, like, a a marathon, some kind of a race or something, I I like to hit drive up to Shrewsbury, jump on the old metro so I don't have to worry about uh, you know paying a lot for parking or dealing with driving through the city a bunch. It's just really convenient. So that was a bit of a letdown, driving by <laughs> the old Metrolink station and not doing something epic. But uh, this is the world we live in now. Just gotta survive. Um... And there's also I I need to look this up. That the of course over by that Metrolink station is my one of my favorite restaurants in all of St. Louis. Uh if I can spell. If I don't know if they've managed to survive I would imagine they've managed to survive. Oh, I spelled it wrong too many letters. That place is so awesome. But it is uh let's see here guess they're still open um COVID-19 update you gotta contact them for this but it's just a mother-daughter place it is uh, uh let's see here get directions it's on Big Ben Boulevard it's 8143 Big Ben Boulevard which is fairly close to that Shrewsbury Metrolink station if you're familiar with all of St. Louis um but holy hell, it's Russian, Armenian, and Greek food, and I believe they're, the family there is Russian. And uh, man, the food there, fantastic. However, I mean, it can be a really long wait, and uh, you know, but it is well worth it. So the if the few times I've been there, I remember the food being uh, rather cheap. I mean, the portions on some were kind of small, but I mean, it's like. The way the portion should be, if you're going to eat a full meal, so you know if you get an appetizer with a couple other dishes, you're not going to walk out and feel like you should die afterwards. <laughs> Which I think I should you should really do it because I like having more options. But you know, as most restaurants in America, you get you order an appetizer and you get a meal, and maybe like say some other little thing with it. I mean, you're 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 going to regret it. Just eating the appetizer a lot of times can can fill you up. And, like, the meals are a lot of times huge. So it can be rough. Or it can be like in Bavaria. Bavaria, they have obscene sizes of things, especially when it comes to meat. <laughs> but, uh, man, it is good stuff. Uh, I wish I could try to see if they have the menu here. But uh, I I want the Russian uh, food. I didn't try, the like, the goulash or the, uh, I think I might have had borscht at one time. They're, I'm pretty sure they have borscht. See if they have a. I don't know that they really have a website. This is a. Ooh, here's a full menu. Let's check the menu. Uh, spinach pie, hummus. Um, which hummus is always good. Uh, especially if you throw some uh, 
some olives and such in there. There's the Russian borscht. Okay, so that's, of course, the traditional Russian vegetarian soup made of beets, uh, tomatoes, potatoes, and other vegetables served with sour cream and bread. I may have had the borscht there. I don't recall. There's a homemade chicken soup. Uh, a couple of salads. This is the one I might, I must have had. This is the one I really enjoyed, and I am going to totally mispronounce this. You know, even though I know how to speak some Russian, я немного понимаю белорусский, but uh, Russian голуб голубцы, I don't know. It's ground beef with rice and spices rolled in cabbage leaves. That was fucking fantastic, fucking amazing. That is a must. They have baklava for dessert too, the Greek dessert. It's like fila dough with honey and nuts. If you've never had baklava, get up on that ship. But, uh, ooh, they have tzatziki sauce. I think they probably have gyros. If you're gonna have Greek, you gotta have like a fucking gyro. Ooh, they have homemade chicken Kiev, specially cooked ground chicken rolls served with rice. Chicken Kiev, some good shit. Um, maybe it was the dolma. I think it was the Russian gulub. The, uh, but the dolma might sound familiar too. It was the ground beef and rice rolled in grape leaves. But I think I had it in the cabbage leaves. And I want to say there was like sour cream in it too. It was uh, very tasty. Very tasty. Yummy, yummy. I don't see... Uh, I don't see in years. I thought I recalled seeing a year when I was there. Maybe this isn't accurate. But you get a side of pita bread and says tzatziki sauce so I'm guessing oh and euros meat so obviously you must be able to build a fucking euro <laughs> and they have baklava so baklava it's good stuff I remember having that in like for the first time in like 5th or 6th grade elementary school there was a girl in our class that her family was Greek and she brought in some like homemade baklava that was like from the moment I first tasted like this is good and then when I went on to work at a Greek restaurant I definitely enjoyed partaking and uh, consuming some baklava I've never had a whole lot of desire to want to go to Greece though and after I went to Germany and I met uh, the Canadian girl Alex if you've listened to any of my stories about me traveling to uh, Germany I uh, (laughs) sort of met her in Dachau but uh her fam- she had a family that was Greek and uh, she had been to Greece and she suggested to me that uh, to not go to Greece and uh, definitely uh, if you're going to go go to the, like the islands go to like Crete which uh, you know I she seemed like to know what she was talking about so uh, I don't have to take that advice uh, seriously but uh, I would say that uh, you know I'd be down for going to like seeing the Parthenon and stuff but be a lot of ruins. I I generally like when I I travel to see like natural stuff like mountains and everything. And there are some of that. I mean, you can go see Mount Olympus. So I don't know. I'd probably enjoy some stuff in Greece, but she told me not to, so I probably won't. <laughs> that and I can't. They don't. Americans are allowed not allowed to leave the country anymore. Is nobody wants us for good reason. We're uh, disease ridden filthy animals now um <laughs> i've been looking like uh back to my trips and like russia since i'm building a website now it talks about all my trips and really been thinking about that first trip to russia and trying to remember it's a little it's a little hard to remember back now i mean that was like uh six years ago that was 2014 so six years ago from now and uh my memory's not so good but man that was a that was a rough trip it's a, it's amazing I ever decided to go back to there. <laughs> uh, that was uh, that was something. It's just still still so funny to me when I think about uh, when I went to go get my boarding pass, and I I looked uh, looked at my flight itinerary. I still have it printed out. It talks about all my layovers and all that. Like because or, originally I had. Uh, I wasn't exactly sure how to go about getting a visa and such. I had never left the country, and uh, in Russia, if you're going to even be there for a day, you have to have a tourist visa unless 
you're there on a cruise ship for like part of a day. That's like the only like loophole for that as an American to get around a visa. And I had never left, even left the country before going to Russia. And I definitely had never gotten a visa for anything, much less a passport. So I got my passport and I had to book my trip as far as the hotel and the uh, flight was concerned. So uh, before I could get the visa and I could, I think it's either 60 or 90 days. Like you have to wait till like 60 or 90 days before you leave that you can actually send your passport in to get the visa and you fill out the application because you're not guaranteed to get a visa. I didn't think there was any red flags enough to where I wouldn't be allowed to get a visa, but I was a little nervous after paying a lot for uh, <laughs> said trip. But anyway, I uh, I went through a third-party deal, a website. It was uh, It's Easy Passports or some, something along like that. To uh, I sent my passport into them and to get a visa I had to send them a, a photo of myself from like Walgreens they have their passport and visa photos you get there and I had to send a photo off to get the uh, visa and uh, they uh, sent my passport back with the visa inside and never doing it before I was like I guess this is legit it looks like an official document I'll never know but uh I didn't really get re- too concerned about that until I uh, went to the airport in St. Louis, the Lambert Airport. And uh, right before I went, actually, it was weird because there was a a guy in front of me that I'm I'm assuming was military. Seemed like this was a normal thing. I never really thought much about it. I knew uh, military members uh, use commercial airlines all the time to get wherever they're going, but I didn't think that they brought, like... Uh, <laughs> guns and such with them but this guy had quite the case of his checked bag of several guns and uh, there was at least clips I don't uh but I don't remember if there's actual bullets inside the clips there may have may not have been ammunition in there I, I I couldn't tell you on that it was a long time ago but he had like an arsenal inside that <laughs> checked bag not a problem obviously this happens a lot he went right through got his boarding pass they checked the bag good to go no, not a thing to see here. I get up there, and I show my Russian visa to get my boarding passes for all my flights. I was flying from uh, St. Louis to O'Hare in Chicago, then on to JFK in New York, then finally to uh, Helsinki, Finland, and Russia was, the, of course, the final destination there. And uh, I think <laughs> uh, they were confused there at the, uh, let's see, I'm, I think it was American Airlines. Uh, yeah, it was American Airlines that I went to. I guess in American Airlines, they don't really see a whole lot of Russian visas, at least in St. Louis. And uh, <laughs> I've known other people here that have gone to Russia. So I know that there's other people that have gone on to Russia from St. Louis, but apparently it doesn't have much. And they were confused as all hell when looking at this. And it didn't occur to me in the moment. I knew this about the dates over in Europe. But they swapped the date, day and month in European dates, of course, to where I was leaving for my trip on March 10th. They looked at this and looked at the expiration date on there. And it said uh, something uh, 10-3. <laughs> And they were saying, well, this has got to be good for October. And their tourist visas are only a month long. I was confused. I was like, October? Like, in March, they're only a month long. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Why would I need to have it good for October? And I was arguing with them a bit. And they were like, well, we can't give you a boarding pass to uh, Helsinki, Finland, or St. Petersburg, Russia. We can't do that. But we, we'll go ahead and give you the boarding passes for Chicago and New York. <laughs> then you can go to New York and see if they'll give you a boarding pass. <laughs> and uh, they even had, like, a supervisor come over and stuff, and none of them were just like, oh, I don't know, I don't know about this, I don't trust this. And, of course, I went to New York, and I had to go back. Thankfully, I had several hours there as a layover, so I had plenty of time to go back uh to wherever the ticketing was 
and go back through security for getting on my flight. But uh, when I got there, they, uh, they of course, just glanced at it. Here you go. Here's your boarding pass. Not a big deal. Didn't say a fucking word. Just kidding. But that did make me very paranoid about whether or not, did I just spend all of this money for no fucking reason? And then I'm going to get here and, uh, or get to New York and, nope, sorry. And then I'd be like, well, fuck, I guess I'm going to spend a bunch more money and just hang out in New York for a couple of days. <laughs> Which would have been cool, but then I would have really charged a lot more on my credit card. I definitely didn't have the kind of money to rent a hotel room uh, in New York for like five nights, whatever it was. That would have sucked. I would have been so pissed. I probably would have had a good time, though, like going visiting uh, some... Uh, places there in uh, New York because I've never actually gone to New York other than the airport and I would like to see New York you know it's uh there's a lot a lot going on there I have a friend uh Carl that lives there Shogun as we call him uh because uh my uh good friend Toddy my buddy Toddy uh uh his brother that is Carl and uh we used to play this board game called Tenjo it's very much like risk and uh but unlike on risk okay you're building up an army and you battle each other there's dice rolls that go on and you have different size armies and of course that's going to give you better chances i think you get more die I don't, it's been years since i played it but it's something of that nature but the interesting part with tenjo is uh you if the first thing is it's a battle to get to these resource points like in the middle of the board there's like five or six resource resource points something like this and you land your troops on there and then you collect more troops every round for owning certain resource points but the tricky part comes in like the real interesting part where it really differentiates itself I think from risk is that uh, when you have you have uh, these discs with uh, like one blank side and then the other side has your troop count on there so you have like a thousand, ten thousand, whatever the hell it is, uh, and uh, <clears throat> there is a. Uh, damn it! You can flip when you uh, put them on the board. You actually uh, <clears throat> hide the, your troop count. You flip it o- upside down, and you can have. Let's see here. Yeah, they've got, here's the, I guess, the troop count. There's 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 25,000. So there's a a big difference in the, or, oh, there's more than 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 10,000, and 25,000. So it could be any mo- amount of those, and you can stack these discs on top of each other and just, like, build up a massive army. Like, you could have a bunch of 25,000 pieces up in there and have just a gigantic army in one spot or you could really fuck with somebody and just put a bunch of thousand pieces in there meanwhile you have a 25,000 piece one disc over on the other side to really screw with somebody and like just be like sneak an army in basically and uh that it was a really fun game but we it took forever we like never won like uh Todd uh, and myself and like uh, uh Trebejo would play with us sometimes and everything. We would always, we would play for hours and it was like a whole day event and like no we, no one would win. <laughs> like it was like too massive of a battle. So finally we would just declare uh, Carl the Shogun because he, when we used to play that, he was either, uh, he was in the military, he was stationed in Iraq when uh, we first uh, entered in the George W. Bush administration when the, they first uh, entered into Iraq. Then he went there, and then he was uh, did a mission in uh, Madagascar for uh, the Mormon church. So he was gone overseas for a long time while we were big into Tenjo. So instead of declaring any of the people that were actually playing, because the winner is the Shogun, we would always determine Carl was Shogun at the end of this game. But it's it's a fun game. If you like a risk type thing or access and allies, it's a, definitely a different type of game. It's uh, it's challenging. And you can do deals with other people, different armies, and you can be like, hey, under the table, make a deal, don't... <laughs> There's, uh, but I guess people do that anyway in board games and risk and such. They're like, hey, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just go attack ta- this motherfucker over here. 
fuck them. I don't like them. Let's let's take them down. Let's take this motherfucker down. But speaking of games, I uh, I haven't played every Far Cry game. I've played uh, Far Cry Primal, which I think is my favorite. Uh, Far Cry Three, which was really good. Um, then I've got I think Part Five. But they have the new trailer out for uh, Far Cry Six. It's got Giancarlo Esposito, who is Gus Fring or Gustavo Fring from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. And holy shit, that is an awesome trailer. Like, I don't get too jacked. Like, it can be an entertaining game, Far Cry, but it's not like a game like, oh, I have to get this. But this, just seeing Giancarlo in this, and he's just such a good bad guy. So great. Let me watch this trailer again. Let's, uh. Oh, I hope I turn the volume up. Here we go. He's a dictator in some country. Old cars burning on fire. Put a model car together. The trailer looks great, man. The graphics are fantastic. He's Gustavo's walking in. Or Giancarlo. Perfect. Oh, I love the voices. I have something for you, Diego. Give me your hands. So glad he's in the Mandalorian now. Papa. Now. He just gave his son a grenade. The grenade is simple. It has four basic parts. The shell, which contains the explosive. The fuse. The handle. And, of course, the pin. Pull the pin. (laughs) Breathe, Diego. Breathe. The pin. Simply holds the handle in place. It is only when you let go that this grenade goes boom. To be some mind blowing shit to do to a kid, man. That's fucked up. It's <laughs> great. I'm gonna hold on now. to my grenade. I am El Presidente, which means that someday. You will be El Presidente. And our people, they do not know how to be happy. They are torn apart by opinions, noise, indecision, strangled by their own freedoms. And even if you have love in your heart, even if you want what's best for them, if you only want to save them from themselves. It's rioting going on. They will hate you, Diego. Everything you say, do, believe, will be wrong. Walking his son out to the roof to throw the grenade. They will answer you with screams. Call you evil. monster and give you this so you tell me are you evil are you a monster I think you are a monster because our country is like this grenade except it has two basic parts our people and you and you must clutch them nice and tight or we all go boom just all kinds of fire molotovs being thrown Appears to be letting go of the grenade, but then they just cut away. Don't know if his son actually Watch drops the grenade. Far Cry 6. I'm assuming he does. I'm assuming he makes it, everything go boom. 
But holy hell, that just looks so amazing. I don't know what the gameplay is like, and I almost don't give a shit. Like, I want to play it just because Giancarlo Esposito is the bad guy. That's fantastic. I just think he's so awesome as Gustavo Fring and just uh, totally different than when he was in all those Spike Lee movies early on. Is uh, that If you watch uh, ESPN's Last Dance about uh, the Bulls' last uh, season with uh, Jordan, uh, they show a shot of uh, Giancarlo Esposito getting his uh, Air Jordans scuffed from a Spike Lee movie. I forget which Spike Lee it is off the top of my head. But uh, totally different than that character. I mean, Gustavo is uh, such a badass, and obviously this dictator character he's playing is a real maniacal fuck that uh, just seems fantastic. And, of course, these Grand Moff, uh, or Moff Gideon in uh, Mando, the Mandalorian, which is, uh, of course, uh, fantastic. I am a big fan. And uh, I, uh, I've i still been uh, rocking some guitar, even though I've uh, been pretty busy as I've been programming and such. Uh, I actually have a Les Paul that uh, it's an Epiphone Les Paul with a semi hollow body that uh, is about 20-something years old. Uh, I don't know. I got around 2,000 or so. Maybe 99, 2,000. And uh, <clears throat> I thought that the electronics were bad in it, but I opened up the back of it and sprayed it out there, and it seems like the electronics are still uh, decent in there. Not sure I really care for the pickups, but uh, I didn't like... There are actually different pickups that were than the originals. Wasn't a fan of those either. But, uh, really need to get a, uh, a fret dress done on that. I need to get them sanded down. There are dents in the fretboard all along the, uh, high E string. That's kind of a problem. It makes it a little difficult to play. Now I'm going to get some locking tuners on there. Now that I've had experience with locking tuners, I'm like, why did I never just, like, it's an easy thing to replace on a guitar. Like, I should have. I should have gotten locking tuners a long time ago. <laughs> They're fantastic. That and, you know, I want to soup up a Les Paul, too, because on the uh, Soul Power Strat I've got, it's got the Floyd Rose and the locking uh, nuts at the top to where it stays in tune real good, but it makes a real pain in the ass to uh, change tunings. And if I want to play, I play a lot of stuff in, like, Drop D and such. It makes it a little hard to do, like, drop D unless I'm just going to constantly play drop D. So I'd, if, I'd like to have the Les Paul good to go because on the Les Paul, I can rig, rig up a kill switch without really installing a kill switch because you just turn the volume knob down completely to zero on one of the pickups, and then you just use the pickup switch to flip over, and it works as a kill switch. So that would uh, be a good thing if I want to continue learning, like, Rage songs and stuff. And uh, right now I think my next... Rage song I want to learn is uh, Know Your Enemy because that one uh, it's in standard tuning so I don't have to do anything weird with my guitar and uh, it's got some fun effects to use on there he uses the kill switch a lot uh, playing that one and it's great like playing getting back to playing music I was never in a band or ever particularly great in music and never really played with people much but uh, I enjoyed playing guitar and uh, I remember like 20 years ago when I was into it a lot there was on St. Charles Rock Road up in the St. Louis area I'm not sure what that was actually considered uh, what area but uh, there was a huge massive music store on St. Charles Rock Road and it was uh, it was called Mars it was an acronym and I don't remember what it stood for but it, I think it went under in 2002 was what I read and uh, let's see here it was company history let's see Mars Music and Corvo was a chain of music stores based in Fort Lauderdale Florida the company was founded in 96 by guitarist and former Office Depot president Mark Beckelman created the superstore chain after experiencing dissatisfaction with his own music store shopping experiences okay Mars was initially an, an acronym for Music and Recording Superstore since Mars. At its peak following an aggressive expansion plan, Mars Music consisted of 49 stores in 20 states 
and was the second largest company of its kind in the U.S., but the company went out of business in late 2002 after overexpansion, struggles to raise additional capital, and failed reorganization attempt. Yeah, this thing was fucking huge. If you are from, like, the St. Louis area, you've been to, like, Guitar Center that's up on Watson Road in the Crestwood area. It could fit, like, six of those fucking things in that store easy. The place was fucking huge. I remember just being, like, a kid in a candy store going up there, like, the drum room. I remember thinking that was fucking amazing. Like, you go in there, there's, like, all kinds of kits set up, and there was a whole big room just set up for cymbals. And I got, like, a piccolo snare out of there, which, like, I really enjoyed that piccolo snare. I never got very good at the drums at all. (laughs) But I had a a shitty set, but then I got a pearl piccolo snare that really just was, it was fun. I really liked the tone of that. And, uh, man, it was, I got the pickups for my Les Paul at that uh, Mars Music Store. And it was, at the time, man, it was better than going to, like, any other place. It was a magical place. (laughs) seeing all the Gibsons and stuff and being able to to touch them knowing at the time like there's no way I could ever afford this but I guess I, I could have saved up for a Gibson at some point or at that time because like I didn't spend money on much else I did I did buy a Marshall half stack at that time and I did drop about a grand on that so I mean I could have I could have afforded it if I would have just like put all my effort into getting a Gibson but I didn't I got an Epiphone list ball instead which was 750 bucks, which at the time wasn't very cheap for me. It was my most get expensive guitar until this recent uh, purchase of the uh, Tom Morello Strat Signature. Uh, but yeah, fun stuff. Uh, I miss that store. It was good going to Guitar Center last week, even though it was weird because we were mandated to wear masks and could only a couple people, a handful of people, if that, just like two or three people would go in at a time. And uh, I was afraid to touch anything. I didn't want to get infected. <laughs> I believe in that area they have more infections than we do here. But it's starting to come, get around more here. As uh, Every day in Missouri, the cases just keep breaking records. And uh, not the kind of records uh, I prefer to break. Uh, not something I, I want to be known for. Uh, but so far, I've uh, managed to avoid getting the coronavirus and I hope uh, anybody listening to this has avoided it themselves and and uh, yeah that's uh, good stuff though uh, going to the uh, music stores I I uh, did look into like getting uh, like the Les Paul uh, completely refretted I've thought about doing like seeing I saw some people like oh yeah it's pretty easy to do you just do it yourself then I looked into the tools that I need and such, and it's like, I'm going to spend several hundred dollars on tools that, like, I'm going to refret a guitar once, probably, in my life. <laughs> it seems like a lot of money to spend on refretting, and then looked at the prices of a full refret, and they average between, like, 200 to $400. I'm like, man, that just doesn't seem cost-effective to do that on a guitar that I spent $750 on 20 years ago. And if I do that, and plus upgrade the tuners, and maybe even get new humbuckers, like it could, uh, I I could easily drop, you know, close to a grand on that fucker, or at least like six, seven hundred dollars. And at that point, like, why am I keeping this guitar around? <laughs> I could spend that money on other things, like a new guitar. <laughs> like I don't have enough guitars at this point. I still enjoy my Epiphone Dove Pro. That's a fantastic guitar, the acoustic there. I do, I do need to get the neck adjusted on that fucker and uh, get the intonation right because it, it does buzz a bit, like especially on the low E string. It's a little bit annoying. I've never uh, adjusted uh, a truss rod myself. It uh, is making me a little nervous. I feel like I'm going to fuck the neck up. I should probably just do it, you know. All Nike style. Take their advice. Mm. Oh man, I should have gotten myself another Angry Orchard. I got a whole six pack in there, but I didn't want to get uh, inebriated while doing this and fuck with my kidney some more. But uh, now I'm all dehydrated. I guess I'll just have to suffice with water. 
It'll have to do. It will have to do. Uh, I did also see uh, Regis uh, Philbin passed away today. That is, uh, that is a bit sad. I really loved uh, the, the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And uh, I loved on SNL when they would uh, do Regis uh, whenever he was hosting that. And they had uh, Christina Ricci hosted one. And they had uh, Who Wants to Eat? And she was supposed to be from some like third world country. I forget what, but uh, you know I'm gonna pull it up. I gotta pull up this audio because I they probably have this on YouTube. I don't know, uh, but man, that clip is. <laughs> it was listening to me. It was fuck because that was the I type who and that's the first thing that fucking pops up. But it's not. Damn it, they don't have it, fucker. Uh, I was hoping they would have it. They have some who wants to be a millionaire deal. This is a good one. I should probably just pull clips up of Regis, but, you know, let's have... Who wants to be a millionaire? Welcome back to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. We have ten possible contestants battling for the chance to come up here and take home Daryl Hammond playing Regis. The question is, place the cars in the order that they were released from earliest to most recent. The Mustang. The Model T. The Volkswagen Bug and the Jeep Cherokee. Let's give our contestants time to answer. Time is up. The answers from earliest to most recent release are B, the Model T, C, the Volkswagen Bug, A, the Mustang, and D, the Jeep Cherokee. Now, the person with the fastest time was. Rich Traylon from Wheeling, <laughs> West Virginia. Yeah. Come on, Rich. Way to go. Let's play. It's a pleasure to be here, Regis. Now, you know how the game is played. You get three lifelines and the 15 questions between you and $1 million. Are you ready to play the game? Yes, I am. All right. This, this part the is pretty good. The first question is for $100. According to American folklore, what kind of tree did George Washington chop down? Was it A, an orange tree, B, a cherry tree, C, a fig tree, or D, a pizza tree? <laughs> Peach tree. Well, Regis, if a, if a pizza tree existed, I'd probably weigh 300 pounds, so uh, I'm pretty sure it was a cherry tree. Final answer? Final answer. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a good one. Cherry tree is correct. Good stuff. Very nicely done. Now the next question is for two hundred dollars. Actually, Regis, uh, I'm good. I think I'm going to fold up the shot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I'll fold up the shop, take my hundred dollars, go back to West Virginia, plan my family's future. With a hundred dollars. You are aware we're talking about a hundred dollars. Yep, I am. That's why I don't want to risk it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Rich Prelant, everyone. Get off. Get above. Above. Get off. We'll be right back after these messages. We'll be right back. Get them all. That was great. Uh, <laughs> seeing if there's any good uh, clips of the... Uh, they're having full shows. I don't want to see the full show. Man, he's 88. I hadn't seen Regis on anything, so it's hard to imagine. I'm seeing pictures of him like now. It's like, man, he's so old looking. They got a bunch of full shows on there. I want to see. Who wants to be a millionaire? So crazy clips. Uh, I guess I could uh, be a little bit more specific with uh, my typing. And, uh, oh, he plays in the hot seat. There's, uh, here's some funny moments on, uh, oh, damn it, it's not outrageous. It's time to let the games begin. That's not Regis. 
Let's see Regis. And I'm going to ask you one question. If you get it right, then you will win $50,000 right. for that high school. Do I have all my lifelines? Yes, you do. You get to choose any one of the four lifelines. Call lifeline. a friend. Ask the audience. Double ask dip. the audience. Ask the audience. <laughs> Double dip. You can ask our expert, Bill Nye, who's terrific. Bill Nye standing by. Or yes, you can phone a friend, and I can reveal to you now that the friends we have standing by for you are Alan Alda. Good. And Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Oh, this is... Uh, this is a long time money for Donald Trump and wow. he's standing by for you. So there you okay, go. Okay, Trump, sir, if I need you, Donald Trump was the expert so, so on here. That That's that? uh, yeah, I was I not expecting that. You're going to give me the question and I see it? Just a minute. <laughs> Always want to rush. So nervous. Okay. <laughs> now you know what it means. Oh, right? sure. <laughs> not easy. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is it? here this is for fifty thousand dollars which of the following has never been the answer to a winning million dollar question on the prime time oh. version of millionaire which of the following has never been the answer to a winning million dollar question on the prime time version of million okay wait, wait a minute got... i'm the host here oh yeah yeah right. <laughs> okay okay you got that yes. all right <laughs> richard nixon peru the grapes of wrath 93 million <laughs> well, I've been here for $8 million questions, and I don't remember which of these has never been the answer. I don't remember any of these being the answer <laughs> to the million-dollar question. Well, like, do you remember John Carpenter? I think he was the first one. Yes! What was his question? Oh, yes! Wait a minute, wait a minute, it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> well, sure, John Carpenter was asked, uh, was asked uh, who was the president who appeared on the Laugh-In show which was quite big back in the 60s and the answer was Richard Nixon but that's not the answer oh, I thought it was Peru has never been the answer to him so it's not Richard Nixon Keep okay so well, that you can eliminate that yeah one, that's then. great what else you got <laughs> no you're right Richard Nixon is, is a I should have remembered that my gosh that was the biggest millionaire we had the okay. first one I don't remember Peru I really don't the grapes of wrath 93 million I think was an answer. The the amount of miles that there were between either the Earth and the Sun or whatever, and, and I believe I'm gonna. I don't need any help. I don't need. <laughs> I don't need it. Okay. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait. A minute. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. Oh, is he going to get it right? But I just have to know. The question is, has never been the answer to a winning millionaire. So if I say Nixon and 93 million have never been the answer, so it's still the grapes of wrath. And, and so wait, what I'm going to do? I'm going to double dip. Yes, up, baby. All right. All right, you, you understand now. If you double yes. dip, you get the first one wrong. Right. You get another chance. You get both wrong. You walk away with 25,000. No problem. No, okay. no problem. All right. Ready? Sure. You're ready yes. for this? Peru. Final? Final. No. Okay. Oh. That doesn't bother me because I know it's not Nixon and I know it's not 93 million and, it, and it's not Peru. It's got to be the Grapes of Red. <laughs> say this to the weekday audiences all the time you have to be really careful because some of these people's memory is off so you've got to wait until we finish this up because you don't want to embarrass the reach has never been the answer <laughs> you, you you said grapes Nixon was the answer 93 million Peru wasn't the grapes of wrath my final answer yeah. <laughs> you're driving me crazy <laughs> no. it's not you're driving me crazy it is the great <laughs> Well played. Oh, that's like pretty much the end of the clip. I thought he was going to call Trump. <laughs> uh, 93 million. 93 million what? Uh, that was entertaining. I liked it when Regis was on there. Who wants to be a millionaire? But the who wants to eat, that stuff was pretty great. It was Christina Ricci, Daryl Hammond playing Regis, of course. And again, she was like somewhere third world country. And uh, she was playing for food to eat. She was playing to eat. 
and uh, it started with like stuff like a bag of rice, a full bag, a pound of rice. You're playing for a pound of rice. <laughs> they had the phone a friend. They had the whole thing, and like the fi- she played till <laughs> like the final prize was not, of course, a million dollars. It was all like food related stuff. The final thing was a goat, a full live goat, <laughs> and uh, full grown live goat. And then, of course, she's freaking out. I've never had real meat before. <laughs> like, and I believe she lost. And uh, that I found very entertaining. It was, uh, unfortunately, they don't have it on SNL's YouTube. And I couldn't just find the clip on YouTube. I was really hoping to find that one. That one was uh, fantastic. Like, the they're, uh, they didn't do as many... Uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on SNL around that time as they did the uh, Jeopardy. That was, of course, the Jeopardy stuff was classic, doing the uh, Will Ferrell as Alex Trebek. Daryl Hammond would be Sean Connery, and then they'd have, like, a couple other celebrities. And that stuff was, uh, I mean, that stuff was good. But uh, the the uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire stuff during that era was uh, pretty uh, good as well, as I do like the Regis Philbin. The who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Who Wants to Eat? I don't remember what all the prizes were. I know it was like a, the final one was the goat, full-grown goat, and then one was like a bag of rice, and I can't remember. They they had at least one other item. Uh, <laughs> uh, but if you can ever find that clip, it's good stuff. Um, yeah. I, uh, I haven't seen... I, I know there's that big uh, game... Shit. I'm going to have to look it up now. Uh, I haven't been paying attention too much to video games. I did finally f- finish the Star Wars uh, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, which uh, I did like the seeing Darth Vader at the end. Spoiler alert. Um, but I haven't seen much to do or much of the, the new Japanese uh, like samurai st- uh, stuff. Uh, let's see. What is the name of it? It's, damn it, can't find uh Ghost of... Tsushima. I hear that's a good one, but I have not checked into that yet. As a, again, don't really have much time. Been working, uh, doing the programming, trying to get the uh, login uh, set up so I can log in uh, the the website I've got rocking. I've got uh, like a uh, main page where you go to, and it's like set up basically like a blog site, like a travel blog site. Got a main page, a little about me section uh on on the index page and then uh got a little photo gallery where i put some of my uh, better pictures or some of my pictures i just pulled some pictures up from my travels threw them up there as a photo gallery and then i've got uh an adventures tab you just pick a country and i tell stories about uh, the countries that i've traveled to and so far i've only just got the stories about uh, the first time i went to russia and I haven't gotten very far along with that, but uh, I've also got a section that I'm going to be working on that uh, is like your adventures. You share, share your adventures, like if you've traveled and stuff, or people to post their stories. And uh, I don't know if anybody will actually sign up to the page, but it was just uh, something to use for uh, to possibly get a job. But it'd be really cool if I could get some attention to it just so I could hear other people's traveling stories. I do like a, a good travel story and see if anybody else has possibly shit a bed in Russia intentionally or not you know it could could be exciting I could uh, I could really uh, <laughs> re- relate to some people like oh you shit the bed in Russia too you know you know or maybe somehow uh, I could meet uh or Alex from the, from uh, the Germany trip that I met in Dachau could like find it, like oh hey, it was uh, a <laughs> unlikely, but it was unlikely that I thought she would be on the Dachau trip tour, uh, and the later on tour that I took from a different tour company that was uh, a food and beer tour. I felt like it was unlikely, but I she was there too, and. Uh, that's but we were in the same city, you know, traveling around, doing stuff. It seems far more unlikely that uh I would find her again now. <laughs> it's definitely in the friend zone though. 
nothing was probably going to happen. Although I'd like to think like, oh, maybe I was wrong, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure that I was, uh, <laughs> I was in the friend zone. Uh, oh man, just saw some uh, Kit Bo- like browsing through YouTube at the moment, and uh, Kit Boga, the uh, scam baiter. It's fantastic stuff. There's a great picture of this car, broken car, and he's a social security scam, except I plead guilty. Oh, so he says he's guilty of it. <laughs> That's a different take. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I, uh... I, uh, definitely, uh... Might, now that uh, there's a possible uh, stimulus number two, I just might end up getting some more guitar stuff. I should probably refrain from that, though, because I do need to get a new place to live. Which, actually, I've been looking at houses to buy. I don't really want to own my own home, but it seems like a better option right now in, uh, where here in Washington, Missouri. Like, rent has really skyrocketed, and it's cheap, looks almost like a cheaper option for me to just go ahead and buy a fucking house. Though I'd have to pay for all the upkeep and such. But there's this house on 3rd Street that uh, I didn't realize how old it was. Apparently, it's built in 1935. It, it's weird. It doesn't look like a house. It looks like almost like a club or something you go to. It looks like something an artist would have made in like the 80s or 70s or 80s. And it's got this red uh, roof to it and everything. It does look like maybe you're going into some club. But it, it was always an interesting house. I always liked that house from being like a kid and stuff. Though I remember recently going by there while, like on a run and seeing it not looking so nice on the outside and like, man, that's a shame. It's like, that's a cool house. And lo and behold, it uh, within the last week or so, it went for sale. And uh, I was uh, I was like, whoa, that's really cool. Like, out of my price range because it's, uh, but for the size of the house, it's a four bedroom, two bath. It's like $214,000. And uh, I couldn't really afford that right now. <laughs> now with my current income, it's got a two-car garage. I mean, the photos seem misleading because I I think it's kind of cleaned up. And the house sold for way less in 2013. But the inside does look like they refurbished the kitchen and uh, the bathroom's got like nice tile and stuff. Like a couple of bathrooms, but it definitely looks unique. It doesn't, and I would like a unique house if I, I were to buy one. See, house seems to definitely have some character to it. It's not like your atypical house. I'm not a very typical person, so if I'm going to buy a house, I feel like it should be a weird one. <laughs> I feel like if I got that, though, I'd find out oh, a bunch of shit was wrong with it. You know, maybe I'm going to have to replace a roof or something, and it's just not going to. It's going to be more expensive, but it does look by the pictures that maybe they've done some work to the house. Though, again, it's going to have to be on the market for quite a while before I'll be able to afford it, especially if I keep buying guitars. <laughs> so I should probably knock that off. But, you know, another effects pedal or two is going to hurt anybody. But I do need a house to store, like, my amplifier and everything to be able to play that. I can't play that in an apartment complex. And I looked into buying a condo, but then again, you're basically in an apartment complex, and people are probably going to want to murder me if I'm playing a half-stack Marshall amplifier in their full blast, uh, just rocking, Rage Against the Machine and uh, Audio Slave. They're not going to not gonna probably like me much. And it's wrong. You can't hook headphones. And I've done it. You can hook headphones in there. There's a jack to put headphones but there's just something wrong about that. If you got a half stack amplifier and a Marshall at that, I mean, you gotta you gotta turn that bu- puppy on, crank the sound through the speaker, not some headphones. It's like sacrilegious to do that. It's just you gotta get serious, man. If you're uh, if you're rocking that, so uh, so yeah. Hopefully, uh. I'll uh, get a job as programming and uh, buy some house. And also, uh, buying a house, I mean, I could set up like a like a real nice, get a nice studio set up and like really have that on, on lock. And, prob- and maybe have like a, uh, a YouTube uh, place uh, for shooting videos. And right now, I've just got like a set up in this room in here with a green screen behind me. 
which I don't like using a green screen for everything. I would just like to have a cool, you know, room to like shoot in. I think that would be better <laughs> than me uh just using a green screen putting a, a thing behind me. Just like a blank background or whatever. It is cool. I like using the green screen and if I've got videos to like show up behind me. And it, it works really good for that. I've done like test videos where I've done that. But uh I I don't have video like with the travel stuff, which is why I wanted to start like a YouTube vi- uh, channel because I was gonna throw up a couple. Of, I did shoot a video where I talk about shitting the bed in Russia and uh, that whole story, but it's just like a, a blank background. I put it behind behind me just to hide the. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, it doesn't look too great in this room, but I would like have maybe throw a couple of guitars in the background or something. Maybe just have make me look like a real real home. <laughs> I think that's better if I'm just telling stories than just to have, uh, like, I threw up, like, a blank, like, gray background. And I would toss in some pictures and stuff. Camstasia, if you like video editing, uh, I think it cost $300 when I bought it originally. Bought it a while back. Maybe it was $250. i am not sure. But Camstasia, Camtasia, there's no, it's, yeah, Camtasia. That is a that is a good uh, video editing software. I've used it uh, to edit a video now, and uh, I liked it a lot. I've used Light Lightworks a little bit in the past, and then I used years and years ago. I used Adobe Pre uh, Premium or wait, Adobe uh, Premiere. Oh, yeah, Premiere. And uh, that that was quote, that was like ten years ago though. Adobe Premiere is probably a, a lot different now, but it took a lot longer to use that then to like edit stuff it took forever to render and the Camtasia like it was it was very user friendly make it I was able to quickly make edits and transitions and such I would recommend that if you're uh, serious about doing video editing then again I haven't tried a lot of the other stuff that's out there now for video editing but I did enjoy it I think it's a, a solid program uh Oh, my mouth is really dry. It's like my paranoia just immediately hits like, oh, is this the COVID? Is this the coronavirus? I've been traveling around all day, like uh, moving stuff. Like uh, the sore throat better not be. But I did stay up like all night last night before I I went to work. And uh, (laughs) it seems to be my normal thing on Fridays because I have to always work Saturdays. And uh, which is getting so beyond annoying. Um but I didn't. I got out of it somehow last week of working Saturday. There was a few people working Saturdays, but somehow I I, I lucked out and got out of working Saturday. Uh, so I didn't have to stay up all night Friday, which I had stayed up late. But I was able to sleep during the day. But as of today, I stayed up all night, and then I took a slight nap after getting home before moving Shelley. So I didn't fall asleep while driving. That's a good plus. But uh, I think that's probably why my throat feels a little funny. My body does not like when uh, it stays up 24 hours. It starts to uh, rebel a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I should probably knock that off. And fun fact, I didn't win Powerball yet again. Damn it. As I see on my phone. That uh, That is a big no. So there goes, there goes my shot at buying that house on 3rd Street. That was the thing that uh, maybe it'll stay on the market for a while. Maybe it isn't that good, and then it'll drop in price and maybe more reasonable for myself to uh, purchase said thing. But, uh, yeah, we shall see. We shall see. I think there's only really, as far as guitar pedals will go, for me to get the full Tom Morello effect. The only thing I really need is another guitar pillow. uh, Pillow pedal (laughs) is the uh, um, of course the uh, equalizer pedal that's the one thing I don't have I've got the delay and I can do the full on uh, Cochise you got the uh, because at the beginning of Cochise he does like a helicopter effect where he throws on the delay he makes a slap back delay to where you uh, like if you hit it it just repeats once and so you, if you got that slap back on there where it repeats once, you just keep smacking the strings, and then it just, like, makes that cool, like, helicopter noise. And apparently, too, like, he uses the whammy pedal a little bit 
because I there's a video where Tom Morello talks about his effects uh, on that particular song, and like I can't get it to sound quite like that. Of course, he's using the uh, Generation One whammy pedal, whereas I uh, am using uh, the fifth generation. So maybe that is why it sounds a bit different. Also, I'm right now I'm at home. I'm using a very uh, cheap uh, orange amp, not my Marshall half stack, because I don't have it here. And uh, that could be part of the reason. It probably sounds a lot better on the old Marshall. Because I know the guitar sounds amazing on the Marshall compared to this cheap amp. It was uh, like a $60 like amp that's, uh, you know, just meant to... I guess uh, move around real easy, and uh, just a pra- it's like a practice amp, which is cool for that. I plug he- I plug headphones into that because the headphones sound better than actually blowing through the speaker. <laughs> I think the effects are kind of fucking with it though. It doesn't seem to do well with the effects. And uh, but uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm uh, about good here as uh, I, don't, I don't really have anything else. Um, as always, I guess that. Is a kid in a wheelchair not a trash can?